I have a message today to bring that goes along with Pastor Jason's. It's called Against All Odds. Against All Odds is where God loves to work. And he loves to use unlikely people. Please turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. First Corinthians chapter one, verse 26. For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things that are strong. And the base things of the world and the despised, God has chosen the things that are not, that he might nullify the things that are. That no man should boast before God. But by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Against all odds, God loves to work there and he loves to use unlikely people. Thinking about the children of Israel being chased by Pharaoh and what were they going to do against all odds? Well, God, God showed up and parted the sea. Unlikely leaders like Gideon and, and Jonah and David. Think about the 12 that Jesus picked. Now, you know, when you look at the first part of it and you see those three years that he was training them, you know, they were kind of fussing among each other who was the greatest. There was time after time that, that he would say, oh, why do you have so little faith? Peter kept saying stupid things all the time. Jesus even had to say to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan, one time, the Mount of Transfiguration. I mean, think about it. It's this glorious moment. And, and Peter says, let's build three tabernacles. And a voice from heaven says, Peter, be quiet. Just do what Jesus tells you to do. And just a group of, of kind of misfits. But isn't that something? Because against all odds, I mean, think about it. Peter had messed up so many times. And must have felt kind of ashamed. And then uh, there he denied that he even knew Jesus three times. Cussed one of those times. And that thing that Jesus told him ahead of time happened. The, the rooster crowed. And then Jesus looked right at him and it says Peter wept. Just broken. And he must have felt like such a failure. And then lo and behold, spend some time in the upper room. God shows up. Then what does he do? Peter, this guy that denied that he knew the Lord and had said so many stupid things and so many setbacks, stood up in front of thousands of people and started preaching. Now think about it for a minute. This was a celebration of the Jewish people. There was thousands of people. Why would anybody even listen to him? Next thing you know, this crowd is gathering and he preaches with boldness and he's preaching repentance. And God moved. God showed up. What are the odds? I mean, think about it. 
I mean, has anybody here ever spoken publicly? And right before you spoke, you thought, man, I don't even know if I can do this. I don't know if anybody's going to listen to me. I don't even know if I'm going to make sense. And so here, Peter, I mean, he'd never done anything like that before. And he stands up and just starts preaching. God shows up and it says they were pierced to the heart and said, what do we need to do to be saved? And thousands of people got saved against all odds. I mean, think about it. Wow. And then it said later on in the book of Acts, it said these men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. These 12 unlikely candidates turning the world upside down for Jesus. God is looking for those who will get to know his heart, will hear his voice, and will do his will. He's, he's looking for those. And if you feel like you're not prepared, uh, you're not a good candidate, that's great because that's the kind of person he loves to use. Has anybody here read uh, the book uh, In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day? Oh, really? You should. It's really good. Mark Batterson, and there's a sequel to it called Chase the Lion. Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Samuel chapter 23. 2 Samuel, that's back in the clean pages. 2 Samuel chapter 23, right next to Hezekiah. There is no Hezekiah. That was a joke. But Second Samuel 23, verse 20. Now, if you look at your little italics, you know, at the beginning of uh, the chapter 23, it talks about David's last song. Then it says, his mighty men. Mm, his mighty men. I love that. David had these guys. Now, his mighty men, they were also all unlikely characters. Kind of a group of misfits. But when it came to a challenge, what do you think those mighty men, they had this attitude. We can do that. I mean, I think about, well, I'm getting a little bit older. I'm 66 now. And I think about, who do I think about in the Bible? Joshua and Caleb. I mean, they said, yeah, we can, we can do it. We can take the giants. Then Caleb, even around 80 years old, says, give me the mountains. Give me the giants. Go for God. Wow. So, so what happens here, this is one of his mighty men. In verse 20, it says, Beniah, the son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man of Kabzeel, who had done mighty deeds, killed the two sons of Ariel of Moab. Now look at this. He also went down and killed a lion in the middle of a pit on a snowy day. Can you just picture that? Okay, you got somebody on a snowy day. It's snowing. It's slippery. And going down into a pit and kills a lion. I mean, talk about against all odds. And in this book, the, that book, uh, Lion in a Pit on a Snowy Day, and in the sequel, Chasing the Lion, Mark Batterson says some stuff I really love. If our God-given dreams don't scare us, they're too small. I think God is calling us to do some things that appear impossible on the surface. Now, it is important to get to know his heart and hear his voice because it's about the call, see? You don't want to just strike out and do stuff abstract. It's about hearing his voice, knowing what his heart is. Believe God for those things that will fail without him. Another quote from Mark Batterson. 
And God looks to work in the impossible. And this last one, I just read this this morning. I really liked it. So when it comes to serving God, to stepping out and being willing to be used, if you're looking for excuses, you'll find them every time. If you're looking for opportunity, you'll find it every time. I thought that was good. You know, there's a lot of craziness going on around us. But, you know, God is still on the throne. Kingdom work is still going forward. and God is still looking for people to use. And there's opportunity. There's some people that are just wringing their hands and saying, it's bad, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. Jesus must be coming back soon. Surely, let's just kind of hold on until he comes. I think now is the most opportune time. There's so many people that are frustrated and confused that need to know about the hope in Jesus Christ. It's a very opportune time. Now, this thing that, that we call Teen Challenge. Well, see, back in 1958, it started off as Teen Challenge because it was older teens to start with. But talk about against all odds. Some of y'all know this story, but I think a lot of you don't. There was a, a skinny preacher in Pennsylvania. And he was kind of old-fashioned, traditional. So, so get that. He's old-fashioned, traditional, wears a three-piece suit. He sees an article in Life magazine. It was a, a magazine that was popular back then. So this was 1958. And it showed these boys that were in trouble. They had been arrested for murder. They were into drugs and gangs in the slums and the ghettos of New York City. And this skinny preacher from Pennsylvania feels a call of God, David Wilkerson, to go into New York City to reach these boys. Now, do you see how crazy that is? He's never been in addiction. He doesn't know anything about New York City. He doesn't know anything about the slums, about addiction, about the gangs, the violence, and everything else. He goes right down into the ghettos of New York City and starts telling these gang members that Jesus loves them and has a plan for their life. And they spit on him. And they say they're going to kill him. And he says, you can cut me up into a hundred little pieces. And every single one of them will tell you that Jesus loves you. Picked out the worst one, Nicky Cruz. And just keeps making Nicky Cruz mad because he won't give up on him. See, I think, that there's a, I think there's a stubborn love that's a part of God's heart that doesn't give up on somebody. Well, he didn't give up on Nicky Cruz. And kept reaching out to Nicky Cruz. Then had this crusade and they, they had this theater full and they invited all the gangs. All these different gangs were there. And they're all planning to have a big fight. And, and they just kind of show up just to humor him. And God shows up in the middle of this crusade. David Wilkerson starts preaching, kind of like Peter in Acts chapter 2. And God comes in and moves on the hearts of those gang members. And Nicky Cruz gets saved. The worst one comes forward, starts crying. Others join him. They hand him Bibles. And God showed up against all odds. And then guess what happened? See, when you serve God, it's not going to be without trouble. There, there is problems. There is opposition. There is spiritual battle. There's difficulty in serving God. It's not all smooth. And so what happens is a lot of these ones that got saved, they started relapsing, going back to their old ways and going back to drugs and drinking. And so they realized we got to have a place for them to live. And that's how Teen Challenge got started a year program, a place for them to come and learn how to live differently. So now there's over 230 in the United States, 1,100 worldwide against all gods.
against all odds. So that's how Teen Challenge was born. And I just want to tell you a little bit about, uh, about us and our program and against all odds to go with that. When, when Betty and I took the position in, in March of 2015, there was no center and there was no program. And some of you all know this, some of you don't, but there had been some previous attempts to have Teen Challenge in this area and they failed. That, that wasn't good because it left a bad taste in some people's mouth about that. And we took on, there was no, there was no program, there was no center, nothing. And, uh, and we knew about this old camp, old Camp Colossagia. And so uh, we went to the people who were over it and said, we'd like to do a teen challenge program here. And they said, no. And Betty and I would go out there and we'd walk around in the buildings and stop at the place where we do water baptism and uh, cry and pray. Circumstances opened up to where we got a lease. It took a year. There was people that tried to talk us out of getting a lease because that place needs so much work. I mean, the roof was leaking. The, the walls had no insulation. The septic pipe, uh, everything, everything was a, a big mess. And against all odds, 300 volunteers and a year later, we're able to start taking men into the program. And you know, um, each one of these men, I'm so proud of them. Stepping aside, coming into our program, so neat to see God work. And each one of them is a, a candidate. Please turn with me to Ephesians 2.10. Each one of these men is a candidate for God to use. Because God wants to do amazing things and He wants to use unlikely people. Do you know why He uses unlikely people? And I'll just say this right now. I am that. I am, I am probably the most unlikely person to be doing what I'm doing. But there was a call and it was the most difficult thing that uh, Betty and I have ever done. Uh, but there was a call and it was God's heart. God wanted this place to be here to help men. And so we did it, but not without difficulty. But this is the thing. Each one of these men. See, our goal is not to see these men just stay clean and sober. That's not the goal. This is the goal, Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. For good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Think about Isaiah 6.8. Who shall I send? Who will go for me? I think that that call is going out today. Who should I send? Who will go for me? Here I am. Send me. What is God calling you to do? What is God calling you to step out and do that will stretch you? Where is there a need? Where is there an opportunity that He is calling you to do? And it looks like in the natural that couldn't work with God. It can. Say yes. Believe God for miracles against all odds. Men, come on back up.